2: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rockspile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here
1: are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rockspile Rockies Report. I'm Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rockspile, and as always, I'm joined by Kevin Henry, my friend and fellow co-expert, who is not traveling, and neither one of us are traveling for for once even though we were last week well uh, i was gonna
2: say you're back from minnesota i've got a few trips on the horizon and lord stanley is making an appearance tonight at coors field so it's good to be in northern colorado today my friend
1: and denver it's the hockey capital of the world
2: it is you you win the high school you win the college you win the nhl yeah, this is hockey town. I'm just going to tell you, and, and uh, I'm sure that there will be plenty of folks who take umbrage to that, but uh, it's hard to argue with it right
1: now. Well, uh, if there is, uh, I mean, how many people have we pissed off on the podcast before? I might as well piss off an en- entire country now. Canada is just, their hockey's just awful. You know, <laughs> it, it, you know. After after the Avs beat out
2: Edmonton in the Western Conference Finals, that was that was it. You know, and. Yeah. The one it, thing that the one thing I know is that Denver has been waiting for this for so long. And it, tomorrow we're recording this on Wednesday before the Dodgers finale, but tomorrow in downtown Denver is going to be insane. And I will be glad to watch it on TV and not be a part
1: of all that. Yeah. Just uh, too many people, too much traffic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I oh, just, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, boy, I can't imagine Union Station. I, I've been trying to think of all the scenarios. If you, if you have to go to work tomorrow in downtown Denver, what that's going to be like, and, and there's no good ones. There just isn't.
1: It, going to downtown Denver tomorrow, if you're not going to the parade, suboptimal and ill-advised.
2: Yes, and, and let's give props to the Rockies <laughs> for making sure that there was
1: an off day, You know,
2: because I'm sure that's exactly how it worked out. But the fact that there is no home game tomorrow, I am pleased with that decision because, yeah, going down there and getting back would be a nightmare. But tonight, the Cup will be at Coors Field. Tonight, we will see uh, the ooze and awe of the crowd, as our friend Thomas Harding says. Uh, as the Avs throw out one of the ceremonial first pitches, they're honored. The rumor is uh, that the Cup will be in the Rockies clubhouse before all of that as well so as uh, as we put up on our twitter page yesterday at rocks fs uh the meme about all the tv stations who care nothing about the rockies but suddenly care enough to come tomorrow to film the rockies looking at the stanley cup oh it's it's gonna be a madhouse today too
1: yeah i mean uh, we we already pissed off an entire country and we're less than three minutes in so let's piss off denver media as well where the hell have you been yeah
2: you know (laughs) It, it's very interesting to me that there are a lot of uh, media members who will show up when it's an all-star game, when the Stanley cup shows up, you know, they, they could care less about Monday or Tuesday with the Dodgers, but Wednesday with the Dodgers because the Stanley cup, well, then that's, that's must attend uh drama is what that is.
1: Yep. And you'll, and I know, you won't say anything since you are a member of the BBWAA and one of the I, best members I will not of the BBWAA. Say. But when there are BBWAA members that show up to one game a year, uh, and just today happens to be that day, uh, not a great look. Well, not I, a great look. I, I
2: won't say anything, but here's my prediction for today: is that we have a media overflow at Coorsfield. They stick around for a couple of innings, and in those couple of innings, the Dodgers jump out to a big lead early, and their storyline for tonight is same old Rockies, and then they leave. Yep. Ignoring what has happened with Chad Kuhl on Monday, not talking about the offense actually coming to life against Clayton Kershaw on Tuesday, but that's the storyline they're going to put out there. And will they even mention this is the Rockies winning the series?
1: They've already won it regardless.
2: So. Uh, yeah, that's a soapbox. That w-
1: what's their record against the Dodgers this year?
2: I, if I, if I remember right, four and one, I believe. And, and if I combine that with the San Diego Padres, that's a nine and three mark so
1: far this season that the Rockies yeah. own. So now if they could actually play well against San Francisco, but.
2: Yeah, or the NL East. I believe they're eight and nineteen against the NL East this year. So yeah, yeah. they're
1: zero and four against the Braves. Um, <laughs> against the Marlins, they're two and four. One and two against the Mets. Two and five against the Phillies. So yeah, yeah. Oh, and three and four against the Nationals.
2: Yes. You know, but but the thing is, and and I got on my soapbox a little bit last night. Our, our mutual friend Patrick Lyons, who does a great job at DNBR Rockies. and i sit next to each other in the press box and and we we talked a lot last night about those folks who will show up for one game or try to make everything fit their narrative instead of looking at things that have gone on for the last week or the last month or or the first half of the season you know and and you and i we watch this team all the time i mean it's what we do and you know there are ups and downs and there are times and i'm looking at you kansas city royals uh home series when they looked god-awful swept at home by the guardians which yeah. you know but then they can turn it around and play well against the padres play well against the dodgers and as our friend harry black would say that's baseball because there's not much of an explanation for why they turn around at certain moments and stumble at others
1: which that begs the question of this We thought at the beginning of the year, based on the Pirates and Nationals, Royals, that they would do well. And then this stretch, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres, Giants, that they would struggle. So maybe going to be the opposite.
2: Maybe, you know, and, and, you know, you and I talked about that on the last podcast, how between now and the all-star break is such a pivotal time for the Rockies on a number of levels. And I know we're going to talk about uh, trade stuff after the break, probably, but you know, you're right. No matter what happens today against Dodgers, you've won the series. You've got the Diamondbacks coming in for three, and now you're going to go face those same two teams on the road. Can you keep the momentum going, especially at Chavez Ravine, which we know has not been kind to the Rockies in previous seasons.
1: Yeah. And if I remember correctly, for when we went through the schedule going to the all-star break, we said at best they would win one of three in Miami. They got swept at best. They would win one of three in Minnesota. That's exactly what they did. But we said, I, I believe we said lose two of three against the Dodgers. I believe you're right. And they won two of three. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and,
2: and again, Minnesota is a good team this year. No doubt about it. Miami. I don't know that I can really say that, but we also know Miami is that house of horrors as well. Yeah.
1: So. And they, they do have a good pitching staff.
2: They absolutely do. And and I think that's where Rockies fans pull their hair out so often is that it's a very inconsistent team and yes. you can't say, you know, if you're betting on the Rockies, God bless you because I don't know why you're betting because there, there's <laughs> so, so many ups and downs here. I don't know how you're picking this, you know, but, but there is something to the fact that this team, as you and I have said numerous times, it's got to improve in order to get past those inconsistencies Yeah, and As it's constructed right now, there's always the the qualifier. As it's constructed right now, those inconsistencies will remain. Yeah.
1: And the problem is every single team has a few inconsistencies or a few question marks. The problem is you can't have two-thirds of your 26-man roster be a question mark. Yeah. You know,
2: I I think whenever the the Dodgers, you know, by the way, if if you do not see the news – uh, they recalled Jake Lamb, uh, who used to play with the Diamondbacks. Oh, boy. Basically. Yeah. So the puns will begin, yes. <laughs> but Jake Lamb joined them last night. And, and my thought was, if Jake Lamb joined the Rockies versus Jake Lamb joined the Dodgers, where does that move the needle on the roster? And I'm still not sure what Jake Lamb exactly has to bring, but it's also something the Dodgers have a little bit of a luxury that they can bring up a Jake Lamb and take a chance on it. Whereas if the Rockies are bringing up somebody, A, if he's a youngster, he probably won't play much. And B, if he's a veteran, he has to perform or else it's, it's such a bad
1: thing on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we discussed it? Depth. It's a, you have to have the depth and <laughs> you look at the, um, you look at the Oklahoma city Dodgers, triple A team for the Dodgers and it's, they have a lot of depth there, a lot of depth. And I mean, Yancy Almonte was in triple A for them. Kevin Pilar was in triple A for them. Yep. They would they would be on the Rockies right now if they were with the Rockies organization. That tells you all you need to know right there.
2: Yeah. And and again, I you know Bud Black said it yesterday, and it's become that whole point of pride thing but you know dave roberts originally said the nl west was the best division in baseball bud black backed up his buddy dave roberts yesterday by saying absolutely it is and there's an argument to be made for the al east there's an argument made for the nl east certainly but the rockies are in a tough division you can't argue that yeah but they've also known that and have been in that division for you know their existence so, they have to make sure that they are having the roster needs to compete in that division instead of hope they have the roster needs.
1: Yeah. And by the way, look at the AAA records 46 yeah. and 27 for the Dodgers. For Albuquerque, it's 35 and 38. And we mentioned Pilar was in the minors for them, former Rocky. Now he's on the major league injured list. Almonte is in the majors. Tony Walters is down there. Um, Jake Lamb was down there. Zach McKinstry is down there. Um, So, yeah, they have a lot of former major leaguers down there. I mean, they've used 31 different pitchers this year. And how many of them have appeared in the major leagues? We have... Six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 25 of the 31. And that's including minor league rehabs and some position players pitching as well. Yep. But they've got a lot of major league experience down oh, there. Oh,
2: absolutely. They do. And, and the thing is that go down a, another level to double A Tulsa. There are guys that will fill in the gap at AAA and they won't miss a beat. So, you know, it, and, and we've talked about this how the farm system set up for the Dodgers, you know, and, and some of the other well known teams that haven't raided their farm system in order to, to trade to get, you know, lose their prospects. They're set up well. Colorado's future is still way down on the organizational chart. Dare I say, with the exception of Ezekiel Tovar at Hartford.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even their other top prospects that are in the upper echelons of the minor leagues, where are they right now? Yeah. Ryan Rollison is on the injured list. Montero. He's been up and down because he's not getting the playing time of the majors. Ryan Velade, not exactly burning down the barn in uh, Albuquerque. Nope. Colton Welker, injured. Yep.
2: Well, and, and uh, our friend Patrick and I were talking last night about the emergence of Brian Servan for the Rockies and how that's been a highlight for the season, let's be honest. But yep. he did it at the expense of Dom Nunez, who was not doing well with the Rockies. And is not doing well with the isotopes. Yeah. So I I'm not sure if Dom is ever going to be back up the majors unless there's an injury situation.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you could even granted he's still on the 40 man, but you could still say, hey, you've got Carlos Perez down in Albuquerque who has major league experience. Oh yeah. He's not on the 40 man, but he has major league ex- experience and. He's doing better than Nunez is.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. The numbers are very obvious that Nunez has not found his stroke down there, you know. And when when Bud first told us about the demotion of Nunez, it was almost one of those. We'll see what happens after the series. It, it had that feel to it. He didn't say that, but it had that feel. Yeah. And and I will tell you, it's never. I think crossed any of our minds that Servant's going anywhere. No. He shouldn't be. No, no. And, and you know, uh, Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post in his mailbag, uh, he talked about how a servant has probably, or is close to taking over the number one starting catcher role from Diaz. And I think Diaz has started to feel that, and he's turning it around a little bit. He's showing some signs, at least that he didn't show earlier in the season. So that'll be a good thing if they have a problem on which catcher to start the majority of the time. But until Servin really bypasses Diaz by a good distance, Bud's going to go with Diaz as number one. Yes, yeah. he just is.
1: And in his last twelve games, Diaz is hitting three thirty three, three eighty five, six thirty nine.
2: Yeah, you know, and and his homer last night it was a no doubter. You know, I mean, uh, so there, there's there's, and I feel like we talk about this so often on this podcast. There's so many things that could go right for the Rockies and haven't early on. Yeah. You know, I did not have on my bingo card that on June 29th, Jose Iglesias would have more home runs than Chris Bryant. You know, that, that just wasn't something yeah. I had, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, or that you and I would have the same number of home runs this season that Chris Bryant has, yeah. but yeah. you know, maybe that'll turn around. <laughs> maybe second half will be a whole different story Maybe he'll find his stroke and and his power and everything else. Now that the back issues are behind him, hopefully. We'll
1: see. But tell me where this sounds familiar. First half of the season, somewhere between 7 to 11 games under five hundred. Sure. And second half playing roughly five hundred ball. Where yeah. does that sound familiar? Uh, it sounds very familiar, to be they honest. They did that me. exactly last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this, this is just – they made it, all these changes but essentially they're still the same team
2: they are and you know and and i know we're going to talk a little bit about the rotation of the bullpen and what that looks like but you know chad cool has been a huge asset for this team there's no question about it and thankfully he came along with what lambert has gone through and rawlson has gone through so it, it's it's a good thing that they have chad cool but the question is, will they cheap keep Chad cool at the trade deadline, knowing that Ryan Feltner has has shown them some things off and on as well this season so far?
1: They we'll talk about it a little bit after the break, but uh, I will preface my comments and say they need a cash in while they can't. But yeah. we'll talk about that more on the other side of this break. Back here on the Rocks by Rockies report, Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And previewing a little bit of what could happen in the month of July and the first two days of August because the trade deadline is August 2nd, which yes. is, you know, it has to be in San Diego because that's, that's the cost. It's written now. in the rules
2: somewhere. Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. Can't change them. Um, And the Rockies are playing a doubleheader that day. Cause why not? Um, Really? And we said this in an article a few weeks ago, um, that they need to start cutting bait, using yep. Dick Monfort's term, which they do. Yep. They still need to, but they need to cash in on some of these guys who are playing well while they can. Chad Cool yeah. being number one among them, in my opinion.
2: And Daniel Bard not far
1: behind at number two. Yeah. Yeah. And C.J. Crone not far behind at number three. Yeah.
2: You know, and I and I think, and and really, let's just keep going down the list because you've got Colome, who yeah. I think has, has boosted him else probably to number four. Yeah. Um, you know, Iglesias, maybe five. I mean. I yeah. mean,
1: the, the Rockies need to have
2: a fire sale. Uh, they do. That's all there is to it. They do. So if you take those five guys off the roster, okay, let's just say those are their top five trade assets, and we're not even talking about Gritchick right now. Yeah, which arguably could be listed in there as well.
1: And I'll put Charlie Blackman in there as well because I'm a okay. bad person. Okay.
2: So. All right. Uh, so there's <laughs> se-
1: it's seven possibilities. I still. Four uh, Diaz as well. Hell, for, if, if you're above the age of 24, <laughs> you could <can> be traded. Because <laughs> I'm a bad person.
2: I, I just think that it's really interesting to me that there is opportunity there. But we yeah. have no clue which way the wind's gonna blow whenever it comes to that because yeah. I still think they think there's a run left in them before the all-star break. I really do. And is it realistic? I don't think so. Yeah. But but I think it's also something that is in their mind and they're not ready to say, yeah, we're gonna see about Bard and Columet and Iglesias and everybody else. They're they're not ready to say that yet.
1: Well, the problem is, too, the division. Sure. I mean, okay, Milwaukee and St. Louis have the wild card spots right now. Or uh, not Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee the division. But they're essentially tied right now with the yeah. Cardinals. So the Cardinals have the third wild card spot. Yep. And they are 43 and 34. They're on pace for 90 wins. The Rockies are nine games back of them. No, not impossible by any stretch. Not. But, again, where are we going to see some change?
2: Yeah, the, You know, if you want to say pie in the sky, they haven't played the Brewers yet this year. They haven't played the Cardinals yet this year. If that's a wild card team you're chasing, there you go. If you still have a lot of games left against the Padres and the Giants – you know, if you want to try and the, to pick off, and the Dodgers, absolutely. But if you're just trying to pick off, I'm going to give the division to to Los Angeles. Yep, I don't yep. think there's any way that they drop it two years in a row. No, I, I think they will do whatever it takes to win the division. And
1: if they do, they're getting a wild card spot. Absolutely. Especially with expanded wild card. Yeah, they're, they're in the playoffs. So
2: who's the weakest of the wild card teams then to pick off? I'm almost of the opinion that somebody else is central. One of those Brewers Cardinals. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would
1: say the Cardinals because uh, granted they have Arenado, they have Goldschmidt, who's a Rockies killer, and he's on pace to be the NL MVP. And,
2: and the way he's playing this year, he's a, he's
1: everybody's killer. Absolutely. But Jack Flaherty's injured again. Yep. Molina's out. Pujols has not exactly been great at the plate. I mean, the outfield, again, O'Neal, Bader. Bader, They were on the injured list. Now they're on the injured list again. Yep.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of could, maybe, what ifs. I mean, there's a lot of that out there. But everything would have to go right. Everything. And including the Rockies not selling at the trade deadline and actually adding meaningful pieces to the roster. Now there's the other thing.
1: And even further, adding meaningful pieces that actually play well. Yeah. You, I mean, sure, you could uh, – obviously, this one happened, happen. You could trade for uh, Trevor Story because the Red Sox are still not great. But is he going to hit like he is this year, where he's been roughly around league average? Or is he going to hit like he did a few years ago? Or is he even going to be worse in a sixty-game period? I, obviously, they're not going to trade for Story, but oh, I know somebody of his of his magnitude. I, I forget if it was on this podcast. I, I think it
2: was the when I was talking to the Lions that I talked about the impact that Jonathan LaCroix made on that that wild card run. And, and how important that somebody like that was. You know, I, and I think that's the biggest thing that they've got to find is where would that piece be? But again, even, even starting to go down that road seems so weird to me because that would take so many things falling into place before they actually even got on that path. Yeah. You know, and, and this is a team that has... <laughs> You know, we t- we joked about the 4-1 and one against the Dodgers. Every one of those games have been at Coors Field. Yeah. We also, as we've said many times on this podcast, look at the end of this schedule. Giants, six games in the Dodgers, nine games in two places that are not kind usually to the Rockies. Yeah.
1: So. There's a the reason why their chance to make the postseason is 0.2%. Yeah. So, yes, I
2: think let Daniel Bard have a chance to chase a ring somewhere. Absolutely. By the way, and as we mentioned last time, all-star Daniel Bard. Go ahead and write that one down. He will be their all-star guy. But I let Bard chase a ring somewhere. Give Tovar an opportunity to come up this season by not having Iglesias block him. Give Montero some extra at-bats at first base. You know, I know that's not his strongest position, but figure out a way that he can get some at-bats and in the lineup to see if he's really part of the future.
1: And guess what? Montero could also DH if Charlie Blackman is traded. Absolutely. There's but, a lot. And <clears throat> The thing with him is, now with Blackman, he has 10 and 5 rights. Right. So he has an automatic no-trade clause in. And,
2: and look at the contract that you're going to have to probably eat some of that money if you trade Charlie as well.
1: Well, I mean, he's got a player option for next year to drop by more than 50%. Yeah. But uh, it's not uh, a ton, relatively speaking. But
2: I I just, no. yeah.
1: And, and And we'll
2: see if I'm wrong, but I cannot imagine the backlash that there would be if all of a sudden Charlie was traded just because it wouldn't be so much from the people who go, it's a smart baseball move. It would be Oh, he's been here the whole time and the song and you know, everything Chuck is to this franchise.
1: And, but therein lies the problem with the franchise where they have been. And believe me, uh, living in the Cleveland market, I know this better than anybody with Cleveland. They had numerous players through the last twenty years. Oh well, he's a great guy, and he's part of the uh, the fabric of the team. Sure, but he's not the player he once was. Oh, and yeah. if you're real, is he is Charlie Blackman going to be on your team in five years? No, no.
2: no. Chuck will be uh, fishing somewhere in five years, and perfectly happy with that. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah, but, you know, uh, last night in the clubhouse, whenever we we got the chance to talk to Charlie after the game, you know, it was one of those moments that every time he came up to bat against Kershaw, I had to kind of stop whatever I was doing and just watch that at bat, because you get the feeling that's one of those things that you don't know how many more of those there's going to be. And those guys have been, I think Charlie has more than 70 plate appearances against Kershaw in his career. Which, by the way, we, we did a little research. Do you know how has the most played appearances in his career against Clayton
1: Kershaw? It's not on the Rockies. Okay. Um, I would assume someone in the West.
2: You would assume correctly.
0: I'll
1: go with Buster Posey.
2: You have won the prize, my friend. Congratulations. Wow, I'm not was,
1: even looking at the numbers. <laughs> I believe
2: it was 125 times they did battle. Which, which you think about something like that and you go, those are moments that you got to really soak in, you know, because these are two guys that have meant so much to their respective franchises and faced each other so much. And Chuck hit the first three pitches he saw from Kershaw for base hits last night. Yep. It was an aggressive Charlie Blackman and you don't see him very often do that. So, you know, and, and we talked about him, about that with him afterwards. And, and there was a familiarity with what he knew Kershaw was going to bring. And the reason I'm telling the story is because that's what so many people see Charlie as this link between now and then. They see this link between him and Nolan still, him and Tulo still, him and Cargo still. And, and I think that's where the emotions really run deep as far as who he is.
1: By the way, he is he has 74 career plate appearances against him, 21 for mm-hmm. 69, with a double, two triples, four homers, eight RBI, five walks, 304, 351, 551 slash line. The it's only player faced more is Zach Grinky. It's not a bad slash line against a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah.
2: You know, so – you know, and, and and Chuck has showed he's still got some pop in his back, you know?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I think they need to trade him. Yeah. Is, okay, he had a down year last year. In 2020, he wasn't even as good as he is right now, comparatively speaking. Um, the OPS is as high as it has been since 2019. So... And 2019, he was an all-star. Yep. So he's not quite at that level, but he really the numbers that he's closest to right now are 2018. And in 156 games that year, he, he had a 115 OPS plus. He's got a 109 OPS plus this year. That's why I. That's really why I think they have to trade him. And obviously they'll have to discuss with him that if they do sure. plan on it, because he has a no trade clause. Now, um, a full blanket, no trade clause. Um, but if you want to give time to your younger players that you've got down in Albuquerque, Ryan Valade, um, even giving more time to Connor Joe or Daza Hilliard. I, I think the ship has kind of sailed on him, but if you could give him one last opportunity, Bouchard, once he comes off the injured list, yep. I mean, you have, uh, you have to see what you have of those guys and like for Tovar. Okay. He's young enough where if he struggles his uh, first year, that's fine. Especially if that's this year. Um, but you have to see him in the major
0: sometime.
2: Yeah. And, and it goes back to that whole bridge thing you and I have talked about so many times about the season in essence is a lost season, you know, yeah. again, unless they make some miraculous turnaround. Mm-hmm. So make sure the guys give Tovar a, a taste of what's to come, make sure he's ready. So when the Veen Romo, you know, Tolia, Levi, all those now are, are in essence to come up
1: that he's ready to be that, that cornerstone of your infield. And that's part of the reason with Charlie as well. Cause especially if you look at Tolia, okay. If he plays first base, then he's the better defender. Where's Montero going to play? Right. He has to DH then.
2: Yep. And, but you know, if, if Montero becomes a DH, so be it, you know, and, and I know Bill Schmidt said at the winter meetings last year or the GM meetings that, that he didn't want a guy who was going to be a full-time DH and the Rockies can't do it because of altitude, blah, blah, blah. And I get that completely. But if you have a guy that you say, you know what, he can hit and we don't have a position for him out on the field. What's wrong with making him a DH and just saying, this is who you are.
1: Yeah. If you have a, Thirty homer 100 RBI bat when you do not have that in your lineup right now he needs to be your dh yeah it's as simple as that yeah so now remind me too for tovar let's say he struggles in the majors in his first year let's say he gets 100 plate appearances and he hits 240 318 292 that's in uh 16 years ago that was a 53 OPS plus. If he hits 24 homers and 99 RBI the following year and comes in second in NL rookie of the year voting and gets MVP votes and the Rockies go to the World Series that that'd be worth it. That right? sounds that sounds familiar to me. I don't know. Oh really?
2: Oh really? That sounds very familiar. No, I, I think anything you can do to get ready right now for what's to come is worth it. I mean, you know, and 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 it, it pains me to say this, but you've got you've got to admit you're in a rebuild, which they, they don't. You've got to admit that you're looking ahead to that. And because it's a franchise that doesn't like to use the R word. Will they actually sell at the deadline? Because, in essence, that's admitting
1: the season's over and we're rebuilding for the future. Early prediction time. Do it. Of those seven players, Crone, Iglesias, Grichick, Blackman, Cool, Bard, and Colomay, how many do you think they trade?
2: Three. And I will say Iglesias,
1: Bard, and Colome. I'll. I'll be more generous, and I'll go four. I'll go with those three and Gritchick. Okay. Um, I almost don't want to say that, though, because just the sound of the Rockies trading four guys, almost it sounds preposterous.
2: It does. But as we've said, what will Bill Schmidt do in his first full season?
1: In fact, I think I will – Thank you about it again. I think I'll take it back. I'll go with three, but switch out Grichick for Bard. Okay.
2: So they were saying the same thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, pardon my French, they're gonna half ass it. Well, they're okay. going to because they do not want to quote unquote rebuild. They will quote unquote retool and try to win for next year. And that they they have to give more playing time to Montero, which he is not going to get if they do not trade Chrome or Blackman. And Agla, uh, at least they, with trading Iglesias, Tovar would get more playing time. But again, okay, Alan Trejo hit uh, w- the first walk-off Grand Slam in Ice Chopes history. That's yep. great. To your future shortstop.
2: But you know, the funny thing is, he is on so many of the Rockies' promos, like the pregame stuff, because that one home run he hit earlier in the season that turned the game around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, every time I look up, it's Alan Trejo, you know, rounding the bases and screaming back at the dugout. So, you know, you and I, and I know we're going to wrap up here, but you and I, neither one listed Chad Cool among those trade options. And, and I will tell you why I Take didn't mistake. list Chad Cool. What's that I for? would say that's a huge mistake if they don't. I would say that too but I also think that that is really saying okay, Feltner's our guy, we've got our five and then praying that there is no injury. Praying nobody misses a start because I think Feltner right now is your safety net and that's and, and uh, that is with correct me, well, hang on I'm doing math in my head. Marquez, Freeland, Senzatella, and then yeah, that would be with Gomber back in the rotation. Yeah. Gomber and Feldner. Yeah. Okay.
1: Which Austin Gomber is yet to show that he can make yeah. 32 starts in a major league season.
2: So, but that would be your five. You'd say, Chad Cool, thank you so much for the great memories and thank you for the prospects you're bringing back in return.
1: Yeah. And some team will overpay for him. Cardinals could be one of them. Yep. Because they need some starting pitching in the back end. The Blue Jays, I wonder, could be one of them as well. Because they have some injuries and they have, I believe it's three starters with an ERA of three or below. And then they have two starters with an ERA of five or above. They don't have anybody in that middle ground. Yeah.
2: Yep. And everybody will look at what Chad cool's done in Denver and go, well, if he can pitch in Denver, then, you know, yeah. so anyway, I know we're wrapping up. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Rockies finish up the series tonight with the Dodgers at Coors field day off tomorrow weekend series at home against the diamondbacks. If you are going to the series or want to know more about the fireworks games, Hey, guess what? We've got you covered at RocksPal.com with all your fireworks Q and a about what you need to know about those two games. Uh, Noah, I know you, as we alluded to before the, uh, at the very start of the podcast, you were in Minnesota with the Rockies. You also had a chance to go over and talk to some of the twins, including Carlos Correa. And I know that that article is up on Fansided's MLB uh, site.
1: Yep. We will have even some Rocky stuff on um, and MLB site. If you go to fansided.com slash MLB, and we will have some of those here in the coming days and weeks. Nice. Um, and we'll have some historical articles coming up there here in a few weeks when the Rockies are in Milwaukee, there is a specific event that happened that involved um, a Rockies manager and or coach uh, or not, and, or, cause it, uh, but uh, somebody on the Rockies coaching staff, yep. um, that is a pretty big event and the the that person happened to take part in it and the anniversary for it is here in a few weeks
2: amazing i tell you amazing so well it's going to be good we will be at coors field all weekend i will be there in the press box so make sure you follow us at RocksPile pile fs rocks fresh content every day check out uh fan mlb site as well as call to the pen.com where we're putting up articles on other MLB teams as well. For my friend and colleague, Noah Yingling, this is Kevin Henry signing off. We will see you at Coors Field. And as always, go Rockies.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took 1 click
1: when everyone uses Grammarly everything just makes sense
0: Go to grammarly.com/podcast to download it for free That's grammarly.com/podcast Easier said done